The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Shit 90 Shows Taught Me was not filmed before a live studio audience. Welcome back to Shit 90 Shows Taught Me. I'm Jess Sterling here with my co-host, Sarah Ferguson. Sarah, how are you? Jessica, I am very, very excited to talk about another musical movie. You and I have been doing uh, our self-appointed May theme. It's going to be... Like you have to no, you have what the what the oomph, Sarah. I never do. I never do it. It's gonna be my yeah. There you go. So yeah. So this month we are covering musical movies, and our first was like a very typical movie for us mm-hmm. in terms of like we're dummies and we needed to cover a dummy movie, Spice World. Yeah. But then your darling husband said, "Hey, Sarah and Jess." Why don't you get some culture in you and cover (laughs) Selena? And that's what we're here to do today. Yes, we are covering 1997 American biographical musical drama, Selena, which I've never seen. It is like a huge gap in my 90s movies history. And it has J-Lo in it, which I don't know. I think we talked about this off the pod, Sarah. Like, I don't think that I've we've really covered any j-lo stuff here at least not a ton uh no because made in manhattan is a 2000s movie and why and and then what's the other one that she did i don't know a lot of her movies are 2000s this was kind of her breakout role yeah and uh i'm gonna like i mean i loved this movie (laughs) i was riveted and we of course we are bringing on a very special guest because we're not alone here covering Selena. Um, you've heard his voice before on the podcast. Uh, his name in our recording booth is Felipe y los Dinos. Estoy muy 
excited para aparecer en este podcast. Oh, How y'all yes. doing? I'm so excited to be here. Just listeners, be warned, I will be singing. Good. I mean, totally fine. Yeah, yeah break out, crying, break out the voice. What? Okay, first of all, like, what is the name or the word for excited in Espanol? Because I kind of feel like it can't be that hard to think of. I feel of. like it's emocionada, but emocionada. I'm not um, I'm a big gringa, so I really don't <laughs> want to embarrass myself, but I think that the Spanish language is beautiful, and I'm sorry that I failed at three marking periods out of four oh one year God, in school. <laughs> I did. F, 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 and then I got an A. Sarah, what? I did. C. Oh my gosh. Ridiculous. It's true. It's very true. So, Felipe, um, so happy to welcome you back. It's been a little bit, but it's you been are- like since we've podcasted in general, let alone on the S nineties podcast. I know, I know, but we've missed you. And you know, Jessica and I are like the whitest white bitches that ever did exist. So like <laughs> so we needed to get some flavor in here. And you are the perfect person to help us through this. Well, I appreciate it. Um, as a very white Latino, like spicy white is how I identify spicy sometimes white. because <laughs> people are like, What race are you? And I'm like, Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, okay. Actually, you know what? Going back to Jennifer Lopez quickly. If Jack won our um, Robin Williams movie. Oh, yeah. Thing, remember when we put out that poll? Yeah. I remember because I was a Flubber have. Hive girly. I know. I know. You were, like, you were really, really doing it for the Flubber babes. But mm-hmm. Jack was also on there. Jack did not get a lot of traction. But Jennifer Lopez was in Jack before she was in the movie selena just to let you know in 1996 so then maybe we would have yeah we would have been able to talk about her then but i'm kind of happy that we i mean i love jack but i'm happy that we got to wait till to selena yeah to she talk was about j-lo ants. oh my god stop sarah do you ever want to be do you ever want to cover ants no because it's like not it's the worst version of bug's life i don't know felipe, felipe weigh in on this, i mean i, I know you have here for the chaos i i I have pitched more animated movies on the S90s podcast, but it is also a Redacted Allen film. Oh, yes, 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 yes. It's a Woody Allen film. Yeah. Uh, So, okay, I will say that typically I am anti-ants in general. Like the real life. The real life ants. This is one of my phobias. Jessica and I were talking about phobias today. And I I forgot Mm -hmm. to tell you how afraid I am of ants. Um, and so I think that we're like totally anti ants. We're how are we feeling about aunts? <laughs> I, I mean, I like t- most t- of my aunts. Tia's right. Tia's aunts, yeah. Aunts, Tia's all mean the same. Yeah, yeah. I think we're okay with them. I think we're fine with them. Yeah. What about if you break format completely and talk about one of my favorite movies of 2022, Marry Me? Marry me 2022. Yeah, so that's yeah, completely not relevant, but I'm here for it. I Very think not relevant. it was my second favorite movie. Of oh, last it is year. about a famous pop star about to get married. Yeah, that we, um we sounds familiar that. to Selena. <laughs> uh, that was with Owen Wilson, uh, mm-hmm. probably the best Wilson brother. Uh, oh, do we need to? We're getting so distracted, and we're okay. five minutes into this podcast. No, I know. I'm just covering all of our bases. Back to Selena. Back to Selena. Uh, Selena um, herself, an icon, the um, like a, an amazing Mexican American representation for pop music, and passed away way, way, way before her time. At only 23 years old, she could have been 
um, bigger than Madonna. She could have been bigger than Janet Jackson. She sadly did not get the chance to do her full crossover. Um, the her crossover American English album would have got uh, released post mortem after her death, which is horribly sad. Um, her music itself, I also think, is a gap for me, but. I obviously, you know, I love music. I talk about in this podcast a lot how pop music really is my favorite. Um, I mean, Dreaming of You is... I was just going to say, I know the iconic. only songs I know are, like, the ones yeah. from the, like, crossover Well, album. yeah, because that's kind of what made mainstream Americana. Yeah. So, yeah, like, that song absolutely made it to the other side of the radio waves but like Felipe like living in a household that is Latinx like did you grow up with Selena music no not really Um, because my parents are from Brazil so like yes Brazilian music was different but I did my first interaction with Selena was um, in the eighth grade there was a Costa Rica trip that I was not randomly selected for as well as like as I think about I'm like all these white kids got to go to Costa Rica they're probably like we don't need him he already knows Latin America I don't know that's that's my theory I was so bitter that I didn't get randomly chosen by raffle and the teacher brought back a hacky sack for me and all the other kids who weren't picked and I was kind of annoyed it's like just this but (laughs) hacky sacks were a thing yeah well uh so while they were all gone and the teacher went with them uh they put Selena on for like that week um the so movie that was my or first her music the, the no the um the movie this movie mm-hmm. oh, okay great um but that was like my first encounter with her and I didn't really like keep in touch with the Selena love that I I definitely loved the movie I remember really enjoying the movie and was so sad when I found out at the end that she died and then I googled her and I'm like oh this is a real person uh but then during the pandemic Selena the series came out and I know it's been yes like, it's it's uh there's there's the fans there's the haters of it but it's I enjoyed the series for what it was and enjoyed learning more about Selena and like I think a series also gave more time to explore different parts of her life whereas this was felt very rushed um but ever since I encountered that series and I rewatched the movie afterwards and uh I've been a big fan of Selena music like I listen to her regularly uh she pops back up in rotation commonly on my Spotify and uh, I love Selena music and it's just, she's so talented. She was gone too soon. And um, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite actually community building moments was when Chappelle and Josh in one random episode, they just started singing about like uh, a more prohibido or como la flor. And I was just like, this is, this is a vibe. (laughs) And I don't remember what episode it was on, but I remember the moment and Mm -hmm. I'm here for it. Uh, But I actually want to know what your history is with Selena because I was born after Selena had passed but y'all like I mean you were itty bitties at the time yeah I was only six when I wasn't yet I actually wasn't yet six when when she died um I I feel like I've always like vaguely known of Selena in terms of like she was a really big pop star who died very young and like that's really all I've ever known. I knew there was a movie out there about her and I was, I'm pretty sure I knew that JLo was in it, but like, that's pretty much all I knew. So going into the movie, it was interesting because it's okay. I'm going to out myself and say like, I knew she died and I knew she died young and I knew that was going to be a part of the movie, but I didn't know how she died. I thought 
um, that it was going to be like a rogue fan or someone who mm. was like saw her and Chris get married and was a little bit like a John Lennon type of death of like, you know, catch her in the eye made me did it type of like mental illness more so thing or like a fanatic. I didn't realize there was this whole uh, under like this whole Yolanda situation happening um, until we were almost at the end of the movie. In fact, the moment that I started getting a little bit of a vibe was when Yolanda offers to like take the money to buy something. Mm-hmm. I was like feeling a bit yeah. weird about it. And I was like, is she stealing from Selena? And I didn't even realize that the two were connected necessarily. I thought mm-hmm. it was like, oh, wow, a lot bad of things is happening <laughs> right now, you know? Yeah. Um. So that was, and it was, I will say it's a little, the movie was fantastic. I felt like, the music was really excellent. I thought the acting was really good. I loved at the very end how we get to see actual real life clips mm-hmm. of the real life Selena and get to see the outfits because, I mean, Sarah, you know, we love to look at like the clothing in shows and movies and stuff. And they were so true to yeah. what she wore in concerts, which is fabulous. Yeah, they really recreated a lot of her most iconic looks uh, flawlessly. Of course, the red one piece outfit with the triangle cutout. Oh, my absolute favorite. Yeah, it was like this like wine colored outfit. Yeah. And like, oh my God. Okay. And we all know JLo's butt is a 10 out of 10. It's mm-hmm. out of the yeah. world. And Sorry. she like, it, no, it was like, Perfect. Oh yeah, I might need to be bonked on this podcast. Sorry, just <laughs> <laughs> but like right, Felipe. Like I felt like I don't. Again, I don't know all of like the Selena biography and stuff. Like I don't know how much of this is like completely true to her life. But at the very least, I felt like they got the vibe and the like the clothing choices, the fashion, all of that. Were, and obviously, like JLo looks so much like her. The way they did her hair and makeup. Yeah, no, they definitely, like, transformed her into uh, Selena, and she, like, completely embodied her, especially in the dancing, I noticed, like, uh, the small little details, like, I feel like J-Lo did her research, and um, she is a tremendous actor and singer. Uh, I liked also the fact, though, that they didn't have J-Lo redo the songs, they let it be the original Selena versions, and speaking of that, the editing, when they would do those, like, montages of, like, uh, Beedee Beedee Bum Bum, when she's, like, in the yes. different uh, locations, but, like, everything matched perfectly with, like, the cuts. And I was like, oh, this is phenomenal. Like, this movie deserved an award for editing. And I usually don't focus on that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it was very rushed at the end. And, obviously, they have to unpack 23 years of her life, as well as other members of her family involved in, like, two hours. And I do think the show does a good job of exploring like the different moments that like were kind of glossed over. Um, but we can definitely unpack the whole Yolanda stuff and fill in Jessica's knowledge banks. And I'm gonna need to fill in some of those gaps because that was yeah. that's my one like big critique. Besides the fact that again, like I feel like I complained about this with a different show or movie recently. I'm a dum dum who like literally needs to be things to be spelled out in terms of like when and where we are because when we skipped in time you could kind of tell because they're like performing at different locations and stuff but I still would get like so tripped up I'm like wait what year is it now especially when it feels like we're supposed to be placed in time when we start off the movie they're like this is very important we're at the astrodome it's in texas 1995 and i'm like then i expect them to follow through on that then we're in 1961 you know i kind of wished they had kept up with the years because mm-hmm. i got a little it got a little bit muddy at a certain point for you me. got lost a little bit mm-hmm. uh i think i might be so this movie came out in 1997 as we said and selena passed away in march 
30, March 31st, 1995, which is a little bit alarming that only two years had passed yeah. before this movie was filmed and released. And well, less time if you think about how much time goes into filming a product, like, yeah, this is probably like, yeah, started development like within a year of her death, exactly. So, uh, the reasoning was that as soon as Selena had passed away, there were already unauthorized uh films and biographies that were um being developed without the family's consent and ultimately this script the movie that got made was very involved by with the family uh the quintanilla i'm so sorry i can't fully be quintanilla Quintanilla, okay uh family uh and they were very involved they like asked abraham uh for advice and the family for advice and as a consultant i think like suzette actually gave proper drum lessons to um to the suzette within the actress playing her and then let uh j-lo stay at her house and watch like old home movies and JLo like studied um Selena's movements uh mm-hmm. through the home movies. So I think like there might have been a a rush to do this. Um but it's probably because a couple of reasons. One, they were trying to get it out before other movies being made. I'm sh- I kind of feel like they had to like theoretically, if the court case was still going on with Yolanda, there probably had to be some things that they glossed over if it mm-hmm. so that it didn't affect the court case. Mm-hmm. I'm not positive on that timeline, but that would make sense for me. I mean, like uh i'm and but also i'm sure that if the family was heavily involved like there's probably things that they didn't even want to have covered and that was too hard to cover like her death like um i know i saw that her father didn't even want like the marriage between selena and chris to be shown because he didn't want it to be like a bad influence on little girls like i'm sure like with the family involved so close after selena's death maybe there was some things that they didn't feel totally comfortable in covering yeah. just thinking For about sure. that yeah no because uh they definitely he, because of the fact that he didn't want to uh have all these false narratives of his daughter like put out there by like true crime series or documentaries yeah. or whatever uh like he jumped into the process of like working on this autobiographical film like i don't i can't find how long after but it was pretty quickly and they were still literally mourning Um, I mean, Mm -hmm. they're probably always mourning, but uh, they were in the thick of it right when he was like working on this. And I read that Gregory Nava, who wrote and directed the movie, he was like doing interviews with all of them separately. And uh, also with Chris Perez, who was uh, Selena's uh, husband. And then that scene where like the elopement happened was actually more pushed by Nava to Abraham, who didn't want it in the movie. And uh, it was also like, oh, Selena wanted the elopement more than Chris, who mm. previously, like Abraham was under the impression that kind of Chris yeah. pushed yeah. her to get married. When uh, I think this does a good job of showing Selena as like, because um, I feel like she was very assertive and like, oh, yeah, said, she's an Aries in the pre-show. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was saying how like I could totally sense that she was a fire sign 
about like halfway through the movie, I turned to my husband, Will, and I was like, is she, is she a Leo or at least a fire sign? And he looked it up and I was like, yeah, she's an Aries. That makes sense. Cause she's a little bit like chaotic. Right. But like, there is yeah. something just like so charismatic about her, which is why I feel like JLo is such a perfect casting choice because she just is that like energy that you like, you just want to be around her. I feel yeah. like that they, they did a really good job of the, and that JLo's showing- also a Leo. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And they do a really good job of showing that when like the scene where they have the um, they have I I think is it in Mexico? I think it's in Mexico when she has the concert and the stage starts to like yeah. crumble mm-hmm. in and they're like, you need to go talk to them. And she comes back out on stage. and They all just like love her. And you could it's just something about that energy that she gives off. And so it's so interesting to hear about like the actual process of the, getting this film made because when it started, I was very nervous specifically about the character of Abraham. It was giving me very much shades of like uh, any sort of momager or like parental manager who takes it too far. I'm thinking like Jackson 5, you know what I mean? That mm-hmm. type of energy, especially when he's like forcing the children to be in a band because he never made it as a as a singer like he wanted to. So that I was getting very, very nervous. Obviously, it uh, kind of all's well that ends well in terms of seemingly they had a good relationship but he is certainly a character that gave me a lot of pause uh yeah in the very beginning of the and, movie well, like, yeah. there oh go ahead sarah oh no it just that he was pushing his dream onto his kids mm-hmm. without even you know getting the temperature check like i you know the the whole suzette thing was very interesting as well because she was yeah. so resistant to play the drum she's like girls don't play drums i don't want to play drums i want to go outside i want to run and it's kind of like all the kids were kind of forced into it to make sure that selena can shine Mm because she's the one like with the very raw talent not saying that a b and suzette didn't have that talent but it seemed a little bit more learned versus natural Mm -hmm. yeah um there's definitely like part of the story that frustrated me with abraham i almost said ab i was like no that's the son um like it definitely feels real though like it feels lived in and uh i appreciate the fact that we saw that abraham is a flawed individual um and uh it was also like giving like latin dad not that my dad is like this but there's a lot of like machismo in uh, latin spaces um and it feels it rings true to like many experiences i've heard and also uh like combining all the dadager nomager type vibes that he had um i definitely was like listen good thing he has he was correct right because uh yeah. obviously like we yeah. love that selena blew up um but imagine it could have gone wrong. so horribly wrong like, that's the thing quitting his job for the restaurant then the restaurant closes down then they have to sell their house that like oh. her mom was like no we just moved in i want this to be our home um it was just I was frustrated with Abraham and like, they also like do this in the show too. Like the show is um, uh, authorized by uh, Abraham and uh, Suzette. Like they were uh, very involved in the making. I think Suzette, especially of the series. Uh, but I was like, mm, Abraham, you're lucky that your gamble paid off for uh, that. It mm-hmm. all like panned out because yes, uh, she's very talented, but the hustle that he showed and that they had to have, yeah and he's all all of his influence is totally felt because of his own experiences right Mm -hmm. and something that really hit me 
was when they're driving i think it was uh they're driving like bertha right they call her bertha their bus yeah um and abraham is driving and they're talking about going to mexico and selena's like well i i sing in spanish like of course they're gonna love me and he says no they're mexican we're mexican-american your spanish is good but they're gonna know that it's like not your first language and they hate us and he and i i just like I just felt like this is a story we've heard before of like, um, I'm not, you know, we're not Mexican enough to be for the Mexicans in the car with to like us. A- a- that yes. um, I've seen a lot of times because they used to show it in the Latin Hispanic Heritage Month room that we had at mm-hmm. Warner Brothers and the tour department. So I've seen that clip a lot. And it's just like, uh, it's different than being like Japanese American or uh, Italian American because their country is far away. No, we have to like find a balance between two countries that are next to each other and no one wants half of us like and I felt that resonated with me a little bit just like uh trying to fit in like how much is being too Latin versus how much is like blending in and code switching and like that was that's one of my favorite scenes from the movie that stands out besides like all the musical stuff It was so, I just felt like um, as much as I like really was struggling to enjoy Abraham for a lot of the film, I felt like that really did show us like where he's coming from and why he is the way he is and like why he's impressing these really important things onto Selena of like, no, you have to sing in Spanish because when when he tried to sing like, you know, American songs, the the Mexican community did not like that. And they yeah. were booed and beer bottles were thrown at him. And so like by the very end, of course, it's so tragic that like finally the time that they're allowed to do this like crossover, she's allowed to speak in like, in, like sing in English. Like if finally this happens. And I think it's when she's playing a concert and he's kind of talking backstage with the two men that want to produce the the album. Um, he's like, yeah, uh, we're ready. She's ready. We're ready. And it's like, it's almost like Sarah, like he's saying like, not even just Selena's ready, but also I'm personally ready, but also the world is finally ready. For the this. world is ready. Yeah. Because it's finally 1995. And although it's like February 95, like a month before she was killed, unfortunately, which is like oh, so tragic. Gosh. Right. Yeah. And you know, the world's, came a really far by that time especially since abraham was performing as the dinos but obviously not enough um we're still working towards bettering ourselves uh but yeah the world would have been ready for her music and for the crossover and i think that she would have been able to gain international recognition and of course, it's just really, really awful. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the, that scene that you were talking about in the car also re- like really hit me. I think that you know the fact that like we're not American enough to be American, and we're not Mexican enough to be Mexican, and being somewhere stuck in between. I was really sympathetic to that, and I do think that they did a good job showing that, like you know, Abraham is a father, and we are not parents yet and we don't know that strife on like what you want for your children and the fact that like he did not come from a lot and like his daughter has the talent and the ability to do anything in the world and something like a distraction with a boyfriend or making certain career decisions could uh you know go left of center 
Uh, so I, I, I just like feel the fact like he, he wasn't doing it out of control. It wasn't like in my, I mean, like, yes, like in a way it is control. It's, but it's, it's not like he really did want the best for his children. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, from yeah, and the mo- the show spends more time with the family than the movie was able to. But even in yeah. the movie, we saw that like they were super close. Like especially like Marcella and Selena had a close relationship. The show really like explores Suzette and Selena's relationship in a way that wasn't really a part of the movie. But like we see her relationship with AB and with her father, and like they spend so much time just riding around the Big Bertha, like with the band and the family, and so. Yeah. The family was definitely close and regardless of like if we agree with abraham's parenting style it was also like we weren't there like he thought he was doing his best i'm sure um and yeah he was definitely pushy and aggressive and made decisions that i thought oh this is a big gamble uh but he he bet on his daughter and his daughter is a superstar mm-hmm. yeah hey sarah i know you've been really into reading lately and you've gotten me into it as well Yeah, well, you know what? Book of the Month made it really easy because Book of the Month offers just a few new selections every month, saving readers the hassle of figuring out what to read. One of the biggest deterrents for me is that like when I go to the library, there's like thousands and thousands of books and I'm like, I I I don't even know what to pick. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. They focus on new and emerging authors, which means these are books that we probably wouldn't have found out about otherwise, which is super nice. Yeah, and we also um I love having a really aesthetic bookshelf and the the books that we got, it was like beautiful high quality hardcover books plus free shipping which came really quickly. Love free shipping. Uh, You and I both chose The Return of Ellie Black by Amiko Jean, which is a thriller about a missing girl. And I honestly, I really, I really couldn't put it down. I think I read it in about a 48 hour time period. It had twists, it had turns, kept me guessing the entire way through up until the very last page. So tell me what you liked about the book then. Uh, it was it was really good and I'm excited to dive into the other book that I have um but the great thing is Sarah is that listeners can sign up for book of the month to discover new emerging authors by going to bookofthemonth.com and using code pedals for just five dollars wow what a deal check out book of the month club for all of your reading needs Yeah, seriously. Every month you could get a new group of books that you just, you know, fall in love with. So go to bookofthemonth.com and use code PEDALS for just $5 and enjoy reading. Sarah, what's your experience with the movie? Because I know this was Jess's first viewing, so I was actually curious. Like, I've seen it before. I've seen it on television kind of as you're flipping channels Mm -hmm. to whatever tv channels i think i've seen the second half more so than the first half so sitting down and really paying attention to the first half um i really enjoyed i thought that the children actors especially little selena was really really talented i know for a fact that they used the um real selena's voice for Mm -hmm. um the majority of the singing throughout Mm -hmm. the adults of her life but uh, I believe I would guess that that little girl was singing and she had a beautiful sultry voice for that age. And I thought that she did a very good job. I really liked seeing the beginning of Selena's career and um, all of those movements. 
you know, so this wasn't my first watch, but it wasn't, um, you know, something that I've seen very often. This is uh, the only film credit of hers. The young Selena. I was like blown away as a young Selena. Right what, like, where are you? What are you doing? You just apparently she lives in Texas, where she owns a flower boutique shop. Okay, wait. Actually, that's oh. like actually a very good job. <laughs> I, like I, I accept. You know that's what? Fine. But I hope like maybe she like sings to the flowers, and the flowers grow beautifully. Yeah. She's a well. That's the other thing really too. Is like. Voice. I think it's it's just like a true case of like the grass is always greener too, right? Because like Selena, like at, at the height of like her fame and like notoriety, she's like, I just want like a farm with some animals yeah. and like I want to start a family. And I love that right? full circle moment because that was like something that we started off with young Selena. That was our first interaction. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was. <laughs> yeah, it was the chicken. Now, I forget what the chicken's name was, but I found it very funny because it was like a normal human's name or something. April, I think, was the chicken's name. Actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, who needs a chicken? Shout out to April. But who needs a chicken, April? Um, But no, it was – and I, the thing I think I also really enjoyed about it is, again, I don't have a huge background with, like, knowing Selena. And so I was fully expecting that, like, while she starts out in, like, this band with her siblings – I personally thought it was going to be like she was going to be a solo artist like and I know yes yeah, she she is like the she is the name but I wasn't expecting her siblings to still be in the band through adulthood as well and I found that like so I don't know there was something like so comforting and like adorable about like this family who's that tight and like yeah. I'm sure they fought and there's like obviously we we saw some of the arguments they had and everything but like gosh it was just so sweet to see like there wasn't ever and we don't know what happened behind the scenes like it could be that they like really wanted to like paint people in a certain way especially if the family had influence but like we didn't really see a storyline of like Suzette is so jealous of Selena because she's the one who gets all the attention you know I can't even remember on the series yeah I was gonna ask you about the Netflix series uh so Mm -hmm. Suzette her story is like they're very tight like I think the dynamic between the two actresses like was phenomenal in the show Christian Serratos and then I forget who plays um Suzette in the show let me look that up uh it's uh Noemi Gonzalez and they had a phenomenal chemistry and really like brought a sister energy and like that love mm-hmm. to highlight. Whereas like I don't remember a ton of scenes with Suzette in the movie. Um no, she's really not a huge character, but I just thought like they could have done something else where it's like, oh, Suzette's so jealous because her sister's the one getting all the attention, right? Like instead, in the scene the scene, one of the scenes that cracked me up the most was when they the A B uh, accidentally gets Bertha um like stuck in a ditch uh, on the side of the road move by the way yeah and they have these two guys who pull over and they recognize selena and they're like oh, selena selena's and like um i love on the bus afterwards how the brother is t- talking to abraham and he's like you don't understand dad they were gonna hang the bumper up just and he's like oh selena's anything <laughs> just- for selena's and they're <laughs> like i love yeah that was a very fun scene because like the actor that played ab was like and they said it like that it was selena's and it, yeah. it just felt like such like an authentic t- storytelling uh and i mm-hmm. just because yeah. it would just be like something that i would like crack up about anything yeah. selena's i enjoyed these moments where they kind of like diverted from like the main focus and Me like too. showed us a little bit of like the like comedy in their lives and like yeah the home life right yeah yeah because that's what i think as much as like i loved seeing her on stage and my god the outfits and the hair and all of that 
I really did like seeing the smaller moments, especially I think one of the more important like relationships in the movie is Selena and Chris mm -hmm. and their relationship and how they got together. And it just seemed so sweet. It's kind of like, yeah, I understand that like they were very young. Right. And like, uh, we don't know what would have happened with their relationship had time passed, but from what we see, it really is that like, that's, this is exactly what you dream of happening. Right. Like who doesn't have this dream Felipe? You're like one day I'm going to be a pop star. I'm going to fall in love with one of my band members and we're going to live happily ever after. And it was just like, he seemed like such a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, the show also explores that a little bit, uh, but I, I love the dynamic that they had in this film and like how Selena fought for him and like fought for herself as yes. well. And she's like, yeah. no, this is what I want. Uh, I want you. Um, and I like the fact that it was kind of brought to life, uh, even though Abraham originally didn't want that stuff. I was like, no, this is like who she is. Um, she was a fighter for what she wanted. And that's like, I think what also made her a very successful businesswoman. Yeah. Like she was like, she had a vision yeah. and she knew what she wanted. Um, so I'm just, I'm just really glad that that ended up being part of the movie now, knowing that it uh, could have been a very different film. And I think it's an important part of her life. Like she ran uh, and like got married to Chris and like spent a day away from her father to let him cool down. Yeah, that which was smart because I mean it's 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 interesting because watching that as like a, a woman, I can imagine me being 20 and like really rooting on Selena and like fighting for love and like screw your parents and like you know all this stuff. And then but as I got older, I'm like, oh Selena like Selena, like She's 20 so young. 20 is so young to get married. Like that's such like a risky thing, and I can really relate to her father but like i know like as a 20 year old girl who also is a venus pisces oh she has a venus pisces too is that the least surprising thing oh my gosh the bleeding like a little romantic night. yeah i this i would have been combined with in. the aries chaos sarah yeah no surprise she got an elopement i she sorry if you hate astrology but how are you listening to this podcast if you hate astrology right the like, thing is i think they know what show they signed up to you know what you're listening to but yeah. that's yeah like that's the thing. Okay. I feel like for me, again, uh, like you said, Sarah, as someone who is like uh, past the age of 30 at this point in my life, um, I, I would feel the same way of like, oh my gosh, 20 is so young to mm -hmm. get married. But I feel like combine the <laughs> – I think for me, you'd have to combine the reactions of Abraham and her mother. And that's where I would fall because I feel like her mom is much more measured and like approachable. She's not going to fly off the handle with like a temper where like Abraham is like, as soon as he finds out they're like together, he flips out and kicks Chris out of the band. Mm -hmm. And that was devastating because first of all, Chris can play guitar like nobody's freaking business. Yeah, very much so. I want to know if John Seda knew how to play guitar. Or he like had to learn for the role. That's I think I read somewhere that it was his hands playing guitar in that first the, scene we the, meet the him. The real Chris. Um, oh, okay. oh, the real Chris. I'm so the, sorry. It was I, the yeah. real Chris. Um, That's cool. Uh, excuse me. The real Chris, Chris Perez. Perez. They focused on on his hands and he was playing. That's very cool. Yeah. But yeah, I really did appreciate their relationship. I felt like it was very sweet. And I... I felt like they could have, I mean, again, this is a real story, so they're pulling from real people, but Chris is so much more low-key than you'd imagine him to be upon seeing him play guitar that way. You yeah. would think of him but more as, like, the guy hair. who trashes the hotel. Yeah, even yeah. in the room, in the scene where they trash the hotel room, he's just, like, vibing by the corner he's playing sitting. guitar. Yeah. He could have, I mean, like, you know, once again, 
in the like old people defense he could have stopped his bros oh, from no, trashing no. the hotel he's not of course he is totally at fault that for was, that as well that was you know like you're on your boss's dime you understand you why trash the hotel with your bros yeah you understand why abraham flips out then but what i appreciated about chris is like he never was played off as like this like character who was only in it for selena's fame or like no. he always seems so supportive of her and the whole yeah. elopement thing like to his to to his credit of like it was selena pushing it it wasn't him yeah. he was like no you want your family there she's like our my dad will never accept us unless we do it this way which, which again, i was like this is such a bad idea but she knows her family is so well that she was actually right about that Mm-hmm. which i was like when she was like i'm not gonna go home until like the next day i'm like selena this is a terrible idea i, I thought the same thing I was like, this is an awful idea go home tell your dad yeah and then like oh and also when like she did come home and he didn't go in with her i'm like chris you're being a bitch ass you gotta go in you gotta go <laughs> in thing. but once again she like was right. right like she's like no i gotta go in solve it like she knows her dad she knows her family yeah. but i was like I was like, Chris, you're being a fucking like coward for not yeah. going in and talking to her dad. But I, I did love his line of, him. "Oh, do we don't need the getaway car." That we was need the getaway car. car. No, don't need I love that car. the movie makes it seem like she goes bungee jumping and she's so clear minded, like she knows exactly what she has to do. <laughs> like that, I feel like if we were to cut scenes, I feel like the j- bungee jump scene could have been. Yeah, yeah. the bungee jump scene could have been left at the editing floor. We could have gone yeah. it under two hours for that. I do think. Scene. It's very funny because, like, okay, there were two scenes that I thought were really, like, really, really funny. Um, One being, like, right after they get married and it's, like, the radio announces their marriage, like, hours oh, after yeah. it happens. Well, I thought they, it was so funny. In the show, they make it seem like, oh, they see a fan. A fan sees them at the courthouse. Oh. Uh, and then, like, leaks it to the press. So that's, Interesting. like, that's where they film really the gap in the show. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And the other scene that I thought was really funny and is reminiscent of Pretty Woman is when they go to the mall and I'm sitting here and I'm literally saying to my husband, she's nominated for a Grammy and she's walking around a mall. Like, how is she not being recognized? And he's like, well, it isn't, it's not like it's, you know, she's getting recognized for Mexican American like music. So like, it's possible that she didn't have that level level of notoriety. And then this bitch, you can't learn that dress, girl, big mistake huge Mm -hmm. loved it because then all the the fans come in in yes and she's like we don't need the dress by the way i was like yes alina tell her oh i was so angry with that lady wait so felipe did they say in the in the netflix series that a young beyonce met uh uh selena i will bring this i was gonna bring this up but yeah no uh i was also looking this up but um they run into each other at a mall and it's like Beyonce when she's a kid and she's like growing up in Texas. I heard her on the radio. I think she's a legend and I admired her. She was so talented, but they like, she actually did see her. Apparently she's like, I didn't say hi. I just said, I like waved and uh, she waved back and that's it. That's our interaction. But I think the show, from what I remember, they might've made a little bit more of a big deal out of it. Uh, Beyonce's yeah, blessed like, though. They both like grew up in the same area, right? Oh, I guess so. In Texas. Is Corpus. She, I mean, obviously Beyonce is from Houston, Texas duh uh and i don't obviously know obviously we all knew that how close is corpus christi from Houston? ask, ask chapelle like get him you on want me to call chapelle and ask her? i mean i so could we, but i think we can use google to figure out I the think answer that to i can question. pull the uh calling chapelle card for something a little okay, bit let more. me look three hours 17 minutes okay so it's, it's okay so but like corpus christi's city is 
Well, it kind of looks like it's as far to Austin as it is to Houston. But nonetheless, Mm -hmm. nonetheless, I suppose it's possible. Yeah. Anyway, um, (laughs) I don't even know where we go from talking about Beyonce. (laughs) She might have been also. Do we know if Beyonce was at the Astrodome concert? Probably not, right? I don't know. If I ever meet Beyonce, that could be one of my 10 questions for Beyonce. Because I actually I need like twenty questions for Beyonce. Ten. You need more do. than twenty, please. A hundred um, questions for Beyonce. Um, Beyonce is not what this movie is about. But Jess, I did like those scenes as well. I wanted to talk again about like Selena being a little fashionista and yes. doing all of her little drawings all the time that came into fruition, like her little cow outfits. That you saw the bandmates and her wearing. When and you thought it, of it's... Selena before rewatching the movie, did you have any like memorable fits that you were thinking of besides I like mean, the one you mentioned <clears throat> earlier? The Bustiers, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the Bustier queen, which like her father also didn't like, but like I can understand that. Again, that just felt like because I was looking, I'm like, okay, how old is Selena? I feel like she's probably. 17 18 19 in the mm-hmm. first bustier epi- like a moment and i was like okay i my dad would be the same exact way not that it's mm-hmm. right or wrong or whatever but like we're also in the 90s people yeah it's like, 1989 so that was probably like 15 right so she's very young for the she's bustier. young but yeah. like i mean in the 80s madonna was wearing those oh yeah bras. like and she's right like it really is what music pop stars were wearing at the time mm-hmm. so i like that's those bustiers are very iconic once again like the red outfit um but i i mean she put a heavy hand in all of her designs i think well yeah she we see her on the bed talking to i don't know if it was suzette or who it was um about designing sarah, outfits. her cousin her yeah. best friend sarah spelled s-a-r-a <laughs> great and cousin best friend um they were talking about designing the ones with the cow print and then we see them in concert with the cow print outfits on right and the thing i loved most about it was like you said sarah like it really is right we have uh madonna and um i know they mentioned paula um, abdul thank you paula abdul. jackson and you can really see in her clothing like a blending of like at the time modern pop and her culture right because the, one of my favorite outfits that she wears in the in the whole thing is it's like the it's, she's on stage it's a concert and she it's black and it has the ruffles the big fluffy ruffles on the arms and the legs and when she does the little spins that she does i was like oh my god i'm so here for these outfits um i just loved them and i was so happy to see because again i was very unspoiled i didn't know anything about her having a clothing line but i was really happy to see that she gets a boutique going because she talks about that when she's younger Mm -hmm. and it just is like gosh it's so nice to see like all these dreams coming true for her Mm -hmm. um and I didn't the I didn't know at the time, obviously watching like her talk. Oh, Yolanda is like, you know, she's the best and she's taking care of everything. I didn't know what it was leading up to. Yeah. Yolanda um, is the freaking fan club president, mm-hmm. Jessica, the fan club president yeah of selena and uh this movie portrays her skewed a little bit older i believe when she was like 30 something and this actress is like 60 in this i know i I don't know what are we doing here why maybe they need to show that there's like a big age gap like in actuality like the mom 
that was playing was only like four years older than general yeah no constance marie as the mom opposite edward james Olmos, who was like 30 years older than her yeah maybe 20 silly yeah but i do want to talk about the the whole yolanda situation because i really thought like i said at the beginning i thought it was going to be like a fan that like killed her I thought the Yolanda storyline was going to be, oh, she's just stealing money or like she's doing something wrong business wise, but she does. It turns out she was like embezzling a lot of money. She never sent out any of the fan club stuff that she was supposed to send out. And I think upon like further reading, it seems like there was even like more to it than what they did on the movie. Yeah, it was definitely a bridge like in the I mean, the show, the first so Netflix released it in like December and then like six months later, a second part in June. And, like, the last episode of the first part was, like, Chris and Selena, like, versus, like, her dad at, the bu- like, the bus scene when he yeah. takes her at him out. And then also uh, Yolanda getting hired or, like, mm. Yolanda, like, the first phone call with them. But, yeah, it was uh, the embezzling. And, like, Selena apparently went to the hospital because she was, like, giving Yolanda one more chance and believed in Yolanda. And Yolanda was, like, oh, like, she made up this whole story of, like, how she was assaulted. And she was, like, at the hospital getting i think an abortion so that was like and then that's the whole thing so i think that's what i remember right so selena i i i know like she fabricated a story about getting sexually assaulted yolanda but they met at the hospital she went with her to the hospital no she went to go meet her at the hospital or something yeah at the hospital and that's not where it happened no so they went back to like no it was the motel room okay yeah they went back to her motel room and that is where selena was like okay we're done like we're not doing this anymore and that's when she shot her it makes me so sad because like selena obviously like went without a bodyguard she was really really young she trusted this woman even and, like though... repeatedly like it seems like there yeah. were everybody was telling her don't trust her right she was like no she's my but friend at the very least like the last thing that she anticipated is like one thing for like you're stealing my money like i don't trust you with my funds it's another thing to be like yeah of course she's gonna feel comfortable going to an hotel room 101 with her like she was like a friend and an employee of hers so it's just wild because like yolanda really took advantage of like the relationship that they had developed and mm-hmm. i guess there's some sort of altercation between the two of them regarding the funds and the money and selena tries to escape and gets shot in the back i think um yeah and it kind of apparently like what happened is shoulder. it went yeah it went her shoulder through her shoulder and then <laughs> up and hit an artery which is why the damage was like irreparable i just like <sighs> I mean, what the frick was Yolanda's plan here? That's what I... Okay, Sarah, you are me, literally, uh, how long... have we, We've been recording for 46 minutes. You're me 56 minutes ago. 56 I truly ago. didn't understand what her plan was. What, the, what was the plan? Like, what's she the had end? a plan. She didn't I have think a she plan. was just, like, Mad. stressed and, like, Angry I don't know. And, she, she, yeah. We see it in the movie that she was, like, crying. She's like, I just killed my best friend. And, like, that we get those scenes. And, like, I think it's just, like... A tragedy all around not not um i think yolanda had a lot of things going on not to say that it's an excuse but like um uh, she definitely seemed troubled um mm-hmm. and it's just such a tragedy that it all could have been solved so easily but she escalated it um and mm-hmm. then yeah it's such a tragic loss to like the latin community the music community the world 
Selena was such a star and like she was gone too soon. I'm sad that like I was never alive when Selena was alive. Yeah, because I, I truly think if not for that, we'd still be talking about her like synonymously with like a um Christina Aguilera. Like she a could have been like big bigger than Madonna at this point if she was still Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad that like this is what ended up happening all because someone like decided to just like lose I, I don't even know what her plan again, we don't even know what her plan was, but like it's really, really tragic. Like, she was really about to, like, she was already popping off, but, like, in a big, major way, having that crossover album, going on tour, possibly starting a family, having her little farm that she wanted. It was really, really awful. And, like, I really, I, what I really appreciated about the movie is, uh, again, the, it was very sudden, them, like, all of a sudden, very, like, going to, like, the true, like, news, it seemed like it at least, uh, uh, reportings of the shooting and her death and all of that and then we got to see not only clips of everyone grieving right like these massive massive kind of um what are they called not funerals the vigils like the candlelight vigils that were held in her honor um but then we got to see real clips of the real selena in the outfits that we saw in the movie and like real things of her singing and i really did love that i just felt like it was so like such a quick switch to like oh suddenly she's dead i was like whoa whoa yeah i do wish that like i don't think that we need to see her oh i didn't need to see her get shot right i don't think but i do think that it felt a little bit disjointed and i also think that they're trying to be respectful based on the fact that it was two years previously yeah it was very so i think that they were trying to like toe the line between respectfulness and um you know being historically accurate which i also is the one thing i i'm curious about this ring situation like was she trying to give the ring back be like don't give me the money like it felt a little dramatized like oh that she drops the ring yeah that was the one thing that i was like this is not my choice uh but that was like the only time where i felt like they might have glorified it for drama in the way that I was like, mm, I don't like this, but maybe it's yeah. realistic and I don't know. But uh, I agree that they shouldn't have showed the interaction, maybe like showed the preceding interaction. Or It just felt like Yolanda, I, like she was really kind of like blinking. You miss her there. Yeah. And then suddenly she's in she and they up all of a down. sudden. And yeah. like, who's this? If you haven't yeah. seen, don't know the story. I wish they would have established more of a relationship. They did a little bit with like the, the pedicure scene. Yeah. But I wish there was maybe a little bit more. Again, the movie was already very long. Like we're, we're looking at like a two hour plus movie. So yeah. how much do we realistically want them to squeeze more in? Well, cut out the bungee jumping scene. There you go. Yeah. Take that out. Throw in some more Yolanda stuff just so a we can understand. Also, I, until you said it, I forgot that she was like the president of the fan club. I was like, oh, she's just like one of Selena's like uh, clothing mm-hmm. inventory people. And I was like, oh no, she's the president of the fan club. And literally yeah, the like, president, not that's how she show. got hired in the first place. Yeah. Wild. I mean, uh, from what I've heard and read, like, like uh, so she got like 30 years to life. Yeah, and then she's every single... two more years and then she's out. Well, theoretically. Supposedly. Yeah. Have you, yeah. There was, okay. It's probably a toxic TikTok, but <laughs> I laughed when I saw a uh, like five-year-old girl dressed up as Selena at her birthday party and the pinata was Yolanda. Ah! oh my god that's very dark um i heard that she's denying the fact that she even killed selena like she's 
yeah yeah oh, she's evidently every single time she apparently there was role. a nine and a half hour standoff between her and the police after she shot Celine. how Ma'am, it's, it's nine because, half hours. It's because I mean, yeah, like obviously, this is why well, they were like, trying to talk her down from making it like. Uh, oh, oh, wait, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, don't, yeah. I don't know what we're talking about on this podcast, like in terms of like, should we give a warning context? No, or... of course, like we, I mean, it, it, the movie has a lot of gun violence at yeah. the very end. Um, no, they they really they wanted to prevent a murder or suicide, right? Yeah. Like that's okay. it's very obvious that's what was going on because she, you know, with with the way they did it in the movie, at least. Um, She's like, I killed my best friend. I killed my best friend. I don't deserve to live. That's kind of like the language yeah. that she was using. Which again, like, I think if you, and nothing against the actress who played Yolanda, but I do think had you made her age appropriate to what the person actually was, which is in her 30s, I feel like I would have understood their relationship a little bit more. Because to me, when I see someone who's like oh, quite a bit older than J-Lo or is Selena in this case, right? Like to me, it felt more like, oh, that's my that's my aunt, right? Like I'm treating her like my aunt. It, it felt more like that type of relationship versus yeah. a friend relationship. Well, but to be honest with you, it's 23 years old to 34. And I know that that's not... That's true. That is quite a bit. I mean, a 34 year old woman is way like a 23 year old is a child. Right. But she's still not 60 is the point. Right. Like, why are we doing this? But but yeah, Um, so the the ending was. uh, Oh, sorry. What's her last name? No, no, no. Go ahead. uh, She passed away in 2012. So I'm trying to do the math. If she was 69 then. Yeah. She was like probably in her like early 50s when she played Yolanda and that's not as but she like I mean she was a phenomenal actress so I'm gonna like she was good it was just more of like the age threw me off oh she's in the Goonies what the hell sorry (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah so that was my like one other issue was just like it did it did feel a bit whiplashy not that I mean kind of always is like that right but yeah I remember as a kid like there were a couple things like when I would watch movies that like true crime has always been a little unsettling especially as a kid so like this is a true crime story technically at the end of the day um because it actually happened so i remember like yolanda like stressed me out like i was 13 or something maybe 12 when i watched this movie for the first time so yolanda stressed me out not as much as the kid who uh was like the 40 year old man in the original willy wonka in the chocolate factory the peruvian adult man who claimed to be a child that stressed me out more even though that's a fictional story i don't know um but yeah, no, I, I, Yolanda was like in my nightmares. Mm-hmm. Understandably so. I mean, yeah. I, I've also, you know, there's a lot of people that are like, you know, if you let her out, then yeah. we are going to take care of her ourselves. I mean, she's the most hated woman in the Hispanic community. So, yeah. well, also, this wasn't even addressed in the movie. I don't think it might have been barely, rarely mentioned in the series, but like, some fans get into Selena and Chris's house at some point in real life and like Ugh. all happening around the same time, like chaotic fans. Like mm-hmm. uh, this, this is like something that I'm super interested in exploring more and like seeing what happens as Stan Twitter continues to blow up. I mean, the swarm already addressed like stalker psycho fans. And I think that it's something that media might continue to explore, but this has always been like a thing, like the parasocial relationship. It's, either yeah. of you, you girl, I think Jessica's a you girly. Oh uh, yeah, I've seen you. Okay, in the latest you. season, you uh, there no, was like that no, whole episode no. where like the fan thought that she was best friends with um, yep. Phoebe. Yeah, so that uh, it's just like something like these parasocial relationships are both fascinating, depressing, scary, like all sorts of emotions. Um, also, just a quick tangent. 
sorry, this is not relevant to Selena, but so Love's Bakery is on the, is part of the lot that I work on. So I was driving mm-hmm. up these two girls next to me. I was like, oh, this is just the, the top floor. There's no sketchy cage. That was in a soundstage. That was all. <laughs> and then one of the girls turns to the other one. And is like, I want to be trapped in the cage. I was like, what? <laughs> sorry. That yeah. Was, that was me. The cage on you is uh, infamous. Yeah, I would be terrified of that thing. But she wants to be trapped in the cage. I'm like, girl, you need some help. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just like, gosh, I have to, I do have to give this movie just so much credit for being like, again, I don't know her whole story. Only her family knows like all the stuff they did and everything. But it felt like such a really impactful, like a story that people needed to hear and a story like for, because I, I think like people, right, she's synonymous for like being one of the best selling like female artists in Latin music. Like she's like, yeah. she, that is how she really like paved the way for so many other like Mexican American artists. And so to have a movie come out so soon after her death, that does feel very true to like what they were trying to show her as is really impressive. Cause it's, this isn't 10 years after, you know, this is like yeah. very yeah. soon after her and death. This, so this movie was unanimously voted by like all of the Latino and Hispanic uh, representatives of us Congress to be put into like the national film Institute registry, whatever it's called oh. a couple years ago. So like, this is uh, historically significant. And I think uh, all people should show everyone like Selena should, her legacy should continue to show. And, I feel sad that I didn't know Selena until I was like a teenager, but like, I feel like my life is better off having Selena, like knowing of her and her legacy. Mm -hmm. Like she should be in the same vein as like the women that we heard them talk about in this movie, like Paula Abdul, Janet Jackson, Madonna, Mm -hmm. like one of the best pop stars of all time. And like voices, like her voice. Ooh, incredible. It was Um, so good. Right. Like even the, even in the scenes where she is like before she has the crossover album happening, right. The songs that Sarah and I are more uh, used to know better. Like you could still hear uh, what an amazing voice she has, even though I'm not necessarily understanding all the words that she is saying. Right. Like she's so, and it's not even just that too. And I think that's why I loved JLo in this role. You could just, she oozes charisma. Mm -hmm. Like she just looks like she's having so much fun up there. It's just. She, like she really, I could tell that she was like a party. Uh, Like that's a concert you would want to go to if you want to dance and have fun and be happy. Uh, Like she just, like you said, she oozes charisma and charm and she's just so like warm. And like every single time that I've uh, read about like a fan interaction and she was like super warm and lovely like even like signing all the autographs at the store with the white yeah. lady who was like giving that episode of that's a raven uh racism um she she just seemed like such a kind presence to all her fans and like loved each one like the amount of chances she gave yolanda according to what the show depicted like she gave her a couple of chances let alone just the one at the end that like took her life but she just seems like a loving person and again makes me super sad like we were talking in the pre-show like oh this might be a depressing episode but i think we're doing a good job of making her legacy yeah happy. i mean of course it's really awful because yeah. it, it doesn't end well and like her life was cut too short and it really does feel like i mean the whole freaking nation was in mourning over this yeah. you know like it really was the not that there's a good time but like she really was about to like blow up she, in a she way that she hasn't yet you know yeah like she really was because i think 
when you look at I'm I'm trying to think of like other um Shakira right like uh, other artists who like have incorporated like both sides of that like not just pop but like then having the the Spanish involved in it and like that crossover album Christina Aguilera is actually a very good example of that no I agree also but not even just like in terms of like transcending American culture sorry there's yeah. ambulance around me but um we can uh I just also want to say like in terms of her own community like she was a trailblazer as a woman in Tejano music, which like mm-hmm. they mentioned a couple of times. This is a male. Yes. Yeah. Because genre. it was mainly men. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. They did say that. Yes. Yeah. Because that's, that was one of the reasons why when she was doing, I don't, it was like a fair or some sort of a fair or carnival or something when they were kids, when they were performing there, mm-hmm. like they were like so disappointed because no one really was like happy to hear them perform. And then this like all male adult group gets on stage and everyone's like freaking out. And they're like, yeah, well like female leads don't really do it for them. You know? Yes. So she was like a, she like spanned like, uh gender and like she overcame that in her own like community she also like uh as a latina she like made music that even like the people of the caucasian persuasion like y'all uh enjoyed and like they were also just as sad when like she she spanned like so many different cultures and identities Mm -hmm. and she was just an icon absolute icon and those fits so good i can't which stop one do you want the most the... like to oh, wear yourself which one would the very with? first one we see her in okay like the the, the wine colored jumpsuit with the bell bottoms and, and the like sparkle. the cutout in the back and the badonk on just looking like absolutely amazing <laughs> i just could yeah. not get over that outfit i was hooked from the second i saw that out i was like that's it that's the one i don't care if i see anything else this movie that outfit it was freaking so amazing I Sarah, like the white on you? white. The white on white's really good. Oh, that was good. Did you like the um, Canadian tuxedo that she wears when she has the bob? Of course. <laughs> like it all. Like you can't even do like uh, the did this slay or did this not slay because everything slayed. Everything all slayed. slayed. Yeah. yeah. They were all really good. I really did appreciate. I love the, um, the, oh my God, why am I blanking on the bras? What are the, what are they called again? The bustiers. The bustiers. bustiers. Thank you. Yeah. Bustier. Um, I, I loved the all the bustiers as well. Um, well, uh, which, did any of the songs stand out to you like that? You're like, oh, this is catchy. You probably don't even remember the name of it. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember which one it was because I, uh, Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb. Oh, that iconic. One. Yeah. That, that one, one was with so all the, fun. That was so fun. I also love Como La Flor. Yeah. They're all like, good. So Sarah, good what about you? I, I, I'm really, I'm really bad at the names, but if Felipe wants to sing more, then I can tell you which one. I'm not prohibido. I don't have a good voice, actually. I, I'm no, I'm no Selena or JLo even. Um, but here, let me look at the discography from the Selena movie. <laughs> I have like this one song stuck in my head, but it's because I don't understand what she's saying. Okay, I up. can't even, it's like blah, 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 blah. Like, wow. blah, 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 you know blah, what blah. i know exactly what you're about. yeah that, you know the one <laughs> um, i'm trying to look I, I also love the opening how it's like three uh different like american songs that she did like last dance oh yeah oh, that was fun she was saying that she really liked um because her dad was like oh i really gloria liked- yes Estefan. no yes. not gloria Ga- no. gloria gainer sorry yeah, like she liked disco music basically, and her dad liked the doo wop. Yeah, um, gosh, I just can't get over. I'm looking at pictures of like Baila, the real life Selena. Now. Sorry, I got excited. 
Um, Y'all should also, this wasn't in the movie, but um, uh, Apartamento en 512. Um, let me look that up. Apartamento Selena. Yes, that one's a good one. El Chico del Apartamento 512 is a banger. Ooh. I'll send, I'll send you, Sarah, we should have like a listening party in the, in the Discord. When oh, this yeah, in the Pusher Recaps Discord. Sometimes we listen yeah. to music over there. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she Selena has such good music. Um, anything else you all want to discuss about this? This absolutely I have a very film. important question. Yeah. How do you feel about Tabasco on pizza? Oh, I couldn't. No. And when he was <laughs> shaking that body, like violently, I was like, sir, that is far too much hot sauce. I thought pizza. that was so funny. <laughs> he was like, you think he like whipped it out from his like belt like it was like a western movie mm-hmm. and then he like started like pouring it all in and then like he's she's like you are not going to be able to eat that and he's like i'll show you and he took one bite and he like i think he was like faking that it was too hot but he was like it's too hot and she's like yeah. now you're gonna have to eat mine that was mm-hmm. fun well i like how they made each other laugh i i heard that chris like still really loves her which uh, is like so sad beautiful tragic all the words yeah. Um, well, yeah. so in Brazil, it's very common for people to put ketchup on their pizza, which I have never oh, done. Oh no! But, like I don't, I don't know. That. That just like my aunt will always we get pizza, and she's like gets the ketchup packets. I was like, why? Like I, I, I don't. I'm not personally a fan. But um, no, I, I could like, not do that. But I, I did. I did respect the move where she's like, I can eat a whole medium pizza to myself, and I was like, yes, girl, get it. What's your What's your workout routine? She's like, well, I eat medium sized pizzas that have pepperoni all over them, and I don't work out. I love it. <laughs> and I'm like, um, have you seen the way you're shaking your hips on stage? That is a workout. That yeah, counts. Lots of, lots of working out. Exactly. Lots of cardio. And then I, <laughs> that's funny. And then she's just like, oh, I, and I love how she offered him the pepperoni pizza. And he's like, no, it's too hot. Yeah, that was, <laughs> it was very funny. And when, especially when she, um, when they like, when she's revealing to her mom that she has a crush on him and she's just like, oh, but he just makes me laugh. And we're everything we do, it's just like, I've never met anyone I could talk to like that. And I loved she's when. She's like, he never talks. Yes. And I relatable content for someone who always has dated people who are like on the quieter side i'm like no you just don't know them like they do talk it's not to you um but i i also really loved the moment when he tells her he loves her and he just is like you're my best friend like you're you're what? the only person i can like really talk to and i was like it was that's so romance goals like being best friends with your yeah partner, like, um no and i also want to shout out ab because ab also wrote a lot of the music like he like Suzette, yeah, he was um, the producer, her, right? Yeah, he was. He's the music producer. He wrote "Como La Flor," which is like one of her biggest songs. Um, and like he would write a lot of her music as well. But like that one is like the series really focuses on AB, like trying. He can't figure out a song, and then he cracks it because he sees like some blue flower, and then he uh, that's her song that like really catapults her into like the next level of stardom. Um, so that was like also kind of like around the cliffhanger part of the series where it's like, oh, this is like what's happening right before we go on break for a while. Uh, but yeah, he was an incredible producer. Also like Selena apparently was like very big. Like she would do a lot of talks at schools and like that is something that the series focuses on a little bit. And Suzette kind of continues that part of her legacy. Uh, like in the last episode, obviously that's when everything happens. And then there's like a six months later sort of thing where Suzette is like talking to children about her sister and her legacy. So, so would you recommend the Netflix series? It's two seasons or two parts, uh, nine episodes each. I, 
enjoyed if, it. If you're interested in learning more about her in a way that her family like is uh, like accepting of, I feel like it's uh, adds some more like, I don't think it's going to be like a lot of brand new information that like in terms of things that weren't focused on, but it is going to like give more color to the different, like this was kind of like the short version, like the abridged version. And then it will like fill in some of the gaps of like, oh, this is kind of how they met Chris. Like, this is what their life was like when they were starting to tour on Big Bertha. Big Bertha is her own character in the in the show. Like, there's multiple episodes that just take place and, like, they're traveling around the, like, Northwest area and that's where they meet Chris or something, like, playing mm-hmm. at a show and then he, like, kind of signs on with them. So it adds a little more details that you don't see in the movie because it's so truncated and also so soon after it happened. Yeah. Um it also like uh makes the fashion like it makes her like side hustles more prominent, which I appreciate. Oh, that's nice. Um, maybe yeah. check out like an episode or a couple episodes if you're vibing with it. Then I say sure. And also the episodes are kind of like truncated. It's like thirty minutes, thirty five minutes total with credits. Oh. Of, so I like I like that. Mm-hmm. And it's the girl who played Susie Crabgrass on Ned's The Classified. Oh, amazing. <laughs> Um, well, this was so enjoyable. I mean, as much as my heart was hurting, like starting, yeah. I, like I literally watched this movie. I, I finished the movie five to 10 minutes before we came on to start recording. So like, it was very, I was very much in my heart and on my brain yeah. coming Did here. Did you cry? But like, it's no, still, I don't cry at things. Of course I didn't yeah, cry. Yeah, she's heartless. It's still a fun movie to watch. Like, even though you know there's a tragic ending, like you still like feel so much joy watching, which was like something yeah. that I was thinking about. It's like, this is a sad movie and like we know the story ends tragically but like we see i feel like it's a fun movie at the same time like we get to see her dancing we get to see her in concerts like it's a happy movie until like it's not yeah Yeah. if you just don't watch the last 10 minutes it has a really happy ending she gets a record deal you know it's all um but this was so much fun felipe thank you for joining us yet again to talk about this movie it was really i'm really happy we covered this one Yes, and I love this. And if you are there, is this the first big J Lo movie? Like everything else is in the two thousands. I think that's Jack? what Sarah was saying before. Yeah, besides Jack. Besides Jack. Yeah, besides Jack. I think I didn't realize. I guess I just thought she was more of a nineties icon than she was in terms of um, movies. J Lo, you mean? Yes. Sorry, I get. J-Lo. I mean, maybe you're thinking. I don't know. Even music. Are y'all gonna watch the new J Lo show? What's the new J Lo? Yeah, I was just gonna Netflix. say. I'm gonna need more information. It's called The Mother on Netflix. Apparently, it just came out. So I was Googling JLo. The Mother. Oh. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. It's supposed, like, it seems, like, stressful for me, personally. Oh. Like, I don't know. <laughs> because I of don't mothers? Know. Mothers are so No, it's like, it's like a horror thriller type thing, I think. Oh, spooky. Mm, spooky. I don't know about that for me. Ma'am. Um, Felipe, where yeah. can the people, obviously you're recording King, where can people find you if they want to listen to your podcast? Um, so I do the Brazilian Dragon, that's my main feed, uh, where we talk about nostalgic rewatch projects from uh, the later, like early, mid-2000s era. Uh, some might call it shit 2000s, no, kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, so right now we're talking about Scooby-Doo, which uh, I think Sarah would have hated the one that I originally had planned for you all, the Fantasaur why was um, it oh it was the dinosaur one yeah it wasn't even like as fun as like jurassic park dinosaurs um but what is um so we do scooby-doo uh phineas and ferb also with will and navi uh there's a lot of stuff there that we're working on projects we're doing any if you like the 2000s era 
cartoons, Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, that stuff. That's where you can also hear Jess and Sarah talk about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, as well as the movie Quince with Kimberly J. Brown. Oh, yeah, Quince. I was re-listening to that a couple months ago for, like, the best of year thing. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Jessica and Sarah were fighting about Jessica's delivery for one particular phrase. Um, Like, you called, you were like, oh, this woman just popped out, like, five kids out of her cooter. And Sarah was like, how dare you? Oh, Sarah hates the word cooter. I just, yeah, I just scrunched my nose again. (laughs) Not. It's a fun word. It's not. That's disgusting. (laughs) And um, also, you can uh, hear me on an upcoming episode of the Lonely Boys podcast talking about Gossip Girl. Yes. And uh, uh, friends of the pod, Lindy, Todd, and Adam had me on talk about the season one finale of zoe's extraordinary playlist and we said no snitch tagging but i'm gonna snitch tag on myself sarah we read your review on air for the podcast and we're did like you no really there's ever listened to this podcast but she had a review <laughs> it was very funny out yeah, yeah i did write a review and i've never uh listened to what uh in one <laughs> indescribable podcast right that's what the thing is that's what the title but is nonetheless i'm Sarah. a huge fan and i was not paid to write that review yeah she did go. it out of her own heart and like didn't mention it that's how much she's a fan she wasn't doing it for the the bragging right no. she's just doing it out of loyalty out and of support. love exactly so oh, wow. nobody can say otherwise it was yeah. a good review i think it was it's light um, also at what the fleep on all social media for in terms of what you can keep up with me uh, on Instagram primarily is where I post like if you're in the Los Angeles area mm-hmm. I do stand up these days so you can see where I'm performing Ooh. next I have a show this Sunday in Burbank incredible. Uh, but if you're interested and you're a fan of this podcast and you want to see me perform stand up uh, that's where it's link in bio on my link tree uh, you can also find it linktra.ee slash Brazilian dragon um, but that's that's where you can keep up with me, Brazilian Dragon Podcast, and my social media out with the fleet. Um, and we got to get Sarah and Jess back to the Brazilian Dragon sometime mm-hmm. soon. Yes, now once Succession and Yellow Jackets are over, my schedule is a little cleaner than it is currently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, also, also, um, I've heard rumors that Navi uh, loves Connor Roy specifically because you don't like him. Wow. Because it, it's funny to like Connor Roy because yeah, Jessica Connor Connor is a she's is a mess. Navi's always y'all gotta sad. get Navi back on the podcast to talk about Dawson's Creek. Love Navi. <laughs> <laughs> she is moving soon, so well, what do you mean she's moving? Okay, yeah, I gotta whatever. talk to Navi. That's, that's not. I was gonna a, say let's air uh, her laundry on the podcast. I'm gonna air all of Navi's laundry. Do you want Will next? Not your uh, Winston. <laughs> uh, Winston. He just had a birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Like, anyways, Sarah, what's, what's coming up with you all? You. <laughs> uh, over here, shit. Ninety shows taught me. We just covered. Um, what did we cover? We just covered Spice World yeah. with our friend Stuart, which was a lot of fun. We're on our last season of Dawson's Creek, which is wild. So we're Can keeping you busy. You've come? Look at us. Who would have thought? Um, not me so i'm just so proud of all your stuff like look at you two crushing the podcast game i was like (gasps) i was there on day one and we gotta tease what the next podcast is what the i the next okay our next podcast is our 300th podcast yeah and we are it's a dawson's creek episode so this is our 299th and then our next one which will be released on monday the 22nd is our 300th episode can you believe it i can't look at y'all yeah 
as long as nothing explodes, we'll be back for our 300th podcast. And just so a I'm 299. You're 299. Iconic behavior. If you ask yeah. me, um, you can find Sarah at Sarah Ferguson. And of course, eventually she'll be back on Pusher recaps covering how I met your father when that returns probably I'm soon. So yeah. A couple to weeks. It. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming back actually next week on the. Oh, there you go. So check her out there. Actually, so um, so sooner than later. Sarah and Adam's takes. (laughs) Name a more chaotic duo than Sarah Ferguson, Adam H. It's pretty. It's pretty chaotic. Pretty chaotic. On something for that that episode of One Indescribable Podcast, like we were. I wasn't there. It's chaos. Yeah, we can't tell you what happened. You have to listen to yourself. Oh, I have to. I was on the podcast. We talked about you. Okay. There you go. Uh, right. You can find me at the Jess Sterling. Um, I'm covering Succession and Yellow Jackets pretty much exclusively over at Posture Recaps. It's where I spend most of my time thinking and talking and all of those things about those two shows. Um, and I started a Twitch channel. If you want to check it out, I'm doing some like cozy gaming. I'm gearing up for my playthrough of The Last of Us 2. If you spoil me, I will block you and ban you from my life forever. So help me everything. Um, sorry, I got really serious because I don't want to be spoiled. Um, but you could follow me twitch.tv slash uh, the just sterling if you're so inclined I got cute new graphics shout out to Taylor who made them for me they're really really freaking adorable so go check them out um, and we'll be back for our 300th podcast in just a couple of days covering oh, Dawson's oh. Creek of course and then next month you'll have to just wait and see what our bonus content is because I'm really excited for it in June uh, and I think I think that's everything we have. Uh, find us uh, on Twitter at Shit90sPod. Find us on our website, Shit90sPod.com. If you want to leave us a voicemail, send us in feedback, Shit90sPod at gmail.com. We appreciate you all for listening. Have a good one, everybody. Goodbye. Just ask. Shit90 shows taught me. Shit90 shows taught me.